a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Maxis and Alpine Stars. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Fly Racing, go to your local dealer, pound on the parts counter, and see the latest and greatest from the folks at Fly Racing, whether it's the F-16 gear, which is the lower-end gear, to the very top of the line, Evo line. Uh, They've got something for you that makes sense for your price range, for your durability requests, for your colors, or whatever. FlyRacing.com, please check them out, and uh, big things coming from those guys. All new, redesigned F-2 helmet as well. It's lighter, it's cheaper, and it's better looking. Sounds good to me. So please check it out, flyracing.com, and also to Maxis Tires. Jeremy McGrath helped develop the MXST tire, so uh, yeah, they know what they're doing, those guys over there with tires, whether it's your light truck, trailer, mountain bike, dirt bike, Maxis Tires will have you hooking up and grabbing the whole shot, maxis.com, to learn more about what those guys have going on, and Alpine Stars as well. Tech 7, my boot of choice. Uh, the Tech 10, which is uh, all been all new and all redesigned. It's out now. It's the most advanced boot in motocross today. Uh, from the neck support system to the uh, A4 chest protector, A1 chest protector. Alpine Stars protects. You know their name. You know how solid they are. Uh, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Thanks to those guys for making this podcast happen. I'm Steve Mathis, of course. Uh, with me uh, on this podcast, a couple of... Guys that, uh, my peers, uh, mechanics, uh, Patrick Barker and Richard Simmons, uh, you'll, ri- you'll hear Rich talk about his decision to uh, walk away from wrenching for Cole Seeley, and Patty has been out of the game for a few years, and I thought it would be interesting to talk to Rich about his decision, Patrick about whether he regrets it or not, talk, throw a little bit of my own experience in there with uh, wrenching for 12 years and then uh, stopping 11 or 12, I, I can't even remember, and uh yeah, just an interesting perspective from uh, three guys that uh, maybe did uh, one of the hardest jobs in the industry. Seriously, it's one of the hardest jobs in the industry, being a mechanic. Much respect to the guys doing it now. Much respect to the guys that did it for a long time and are still doing it, man. I don't know how you guys did it. Uh, but it's uh, something that uh, you know you wouldn't trade for the world having done it. But it's sometimes, while you're doing it, you're hating life. So anyways, interesting perspective from a couple of real cool guys. So please uh, enjoy this podcast. Thanks to Fly Racing, Maxis, Alpine Stars. All right, here we go. Thanks to Fly Racing and Alpine Stars and Maxis, like I said, for uh, making these podcasts happen. Thanks to you people for listening. Appreciate it. With me on the line, a couple of uh, ex-mechanics now. 
and we're going to get together and we're going to be the X Mechanics uh, a club and uh, maybe complain and whine about different things. But also, I thought it'd be interesting <laughs> to uh, to get some people uh, who recently uh, just hung up the wrenches to talk about why and everything else. Like I was saying in the intro. So first up, with me on the line, uh, used to work for TLD, used to work for Cole Seely uh, at Factory Honda, Rich Simmons. What's up, Rich? How are you, man? Good man, how you doing, Steve? I'm good. Thank you for doing this. Appreciate it. Um, uh, it should be good. Should be fun. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it, I think it'll be good for the listeners and hear about what really goes on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, also on the line, uh, I used to work at JGR for Pike and Brayton and Stu. Patrick Barker, what's up, Patty? How are you? Good, Mathis. How you been, man? I'm good. Thank you for doing this. Long time no chat, uh, but we text every now and then. So thanks, uh, thanks for doing this. Absolutely. I was uh, I was stoked to uh, give an invite here to come on the show and talk about this stuff. Kind of like uh, Rich just mentioned there, it's cool to uh, kind of tell the fans and uh, the sport and everything on this side yeah. of it a little bit, and as us yeah. three know, so it's, it's going to be cool. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Rich, uh, let's get started with you because you, you made the most recent change uh, working yeah. for Cole at Factory Honda for the last few years. Uh, what are you doing now, uh, and why did you decide to hang it up? Uh, I'm currently in the process. I'll be leaving Sunday morning to make the final move to Charlotte and uh, work at a dealership down there. Uh, it's going to be KTM, Husqvarna, and we'll carry some electric bikes, the uh, the O-Sets mm-hmm. and the uh, Stasics. So it's just a completely new dealership. Yeah. I'm going to go there, be service manager, um, try to live a normal life, um, you know, and without the travel and and you know, enjoy my personal time, yeah. uh, which we all know that you kind of lose that when you're, when you're on the road. So, um, that's kind of my plan and we'll see how it works out. Uh, where are you from originally, Rich? Upstate New York. Yeah. Okay. I didn't think you were from either SoCal or Charlotte. Um, yeah, not, not quite Canada. Yeah. Upstate New York. How, uh, how did Sealy? how did Cole take the news? What, 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 what did he say when you told him? Um, I was actually, he was probably the person I was really nervous about talking to, um, when I made my decision finally. Um, but he understood it's something that I've talked about for years. Um, even back to TLD, Mm -hmm. just about, you know, moving back East and living in California is just, it's so expensive and not really my lifestyle. I grew up hunting and fishing and, Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So I just wanted to get back to those, you know, a place where I could have that opportunity to do it. Yeah. Um, so when I told him he was he was fine. Um obviously not best situation for him, but it's the best thing for me. So he was he was good with it and he knew it was coming yeah. at some point. Right. You know. Um so, yeah. what what sucks, Rich, is your last race that you wrenched for was Tampa, where Cole had a bad injury. You know? Yeah. Um yeah. that's just that's not a fun way to, to end it, but yeah. I no, guess. and unfortunately <laughs> I mean that was that was part of my like hard part of my decision was, you know, I don't want him to think that I was giving up on him. Um, mm-hmm. But he doesn't think that at all. You know, just yeah. personally for myself, I just, you know, it's hard working with somebody for nine years and that's our last race. But yeah, I still support him. Um, went to the track the other day, hung out with him. Oh, cool. So. Um, Patty, so how long has it been since you wrenched? Uh, let's see. I finished up. My last race was actually Lil in the off season yeah. with West. Uh, 2015. 2015. So, yeah, been a little while. Yeah, been three years, but but that's why I wanted to get you on. So, um, what are you doing now? Uh, right now, I'm the service manager at a company here in in Concord, North Carolina. We build uh, 
transporters for majority of the the NASCAR teams, mm-hmm. drag racing teams, a little bit of moto stuff. Yep. Uh, we a lot of customization for corporate clients for trailers for concert venues, uh, college game day for football and things like that. So a lot of customization to it. Uh-huh. So it keeps me involved in, you know, the, the mechanical aspect of stuff, but I also went to school prior to wrenching for uh, business administration. So it puts me on the business side too, which right. I, I really like. Well, Coy says that's not a real degree. Coy Gibbs. He, he he always said that was not a real degree, Patrick. I don't know oh, if you yeah, uh, an associate's degree. So Coy said it never counted, but Coy didn't actually go to class. He just played football. I no, think he played. I well, think. I'm sure Coy also told you that he didn't need to go to school. He's already the smartest man around, right? That's so, right. right. He's always right. He knows everything. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, Patrick, uh, and I remember your last race because I was there at Lille. We had beers, beers and co. Beers co every yeah. every night. <laughs> that was the spot. Um, do you miss it? Do you? What do you? I mean, I know you still follow the sport. Do you? Do you regret hanging it up? I mean, that JGR is a great job. Pike is a, is a great rider, and you work for both you guys, uh, uh, buddies with Brayton. Um, do you regret it, Patrick? No. You know, you know, I never really. Um, I had a, a good run with them. You know, with JGR, a good organization. I got an opportunity to work with a lot of good guys uh, from Brayton to to Stewart, to Pike, and, you know, Pike and I really clicked on that last year, and he had really good results, and we just, for some reason, we're still friends to this day. I just had dinner with him two nights ago when he was out here. Uh, he, you know, we just clicked really well, so uh, going out on that note was kind of tough because it, it was somebody that I really clicked well with, and Rich can kind of vouch for that when you have those guys, and mm-hmm. just everything works well, it flows well, and uh, so that part was tough, but I, you know, just like Rich mentioned earlier, you know, it's one of those things I was kind of looking beforehand to, to take a little more personal time, be at home more. Um, and it's just hard to do in this industry. So you taking a step back and being able to do it, uh, was nice. I, I don't regret, uh, don't regret leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love the opportunity I had to do it and travel from the U S all over the world and the guys I work for, uh, wouldn't trade it for anything in the world in the world as far as the experience goes, but uh, it was definitely nice to to be at home. Uh, that was kind of kind of where I was at. I wanted to be at home more and just kind of live a little bit more of a normal life. Right. So, uh, if I miss anything, to be honest, it's probably Saturday night under the lights. You know, at Angel Stadium, whatever it was, whatever Supercross we were at, yeah. racing that night, not the the rigorous test days and practice days and all that stuff, which that's where all the results come from. But uh, the racing part was really, really fun. I, I do miss that a little bit. Rich, was there a point, and, I, and there was a point for me in in 05, my last year of wrenching, uh, Ferry was running like third or fourth at Southwick, and uh, his bike stopped. The, the ignition wire going to the coil uh, it was crimped and not anything really. It was just too short made and it this frame was stretching and it pulled out and and anyways pulled a wire and the bike stopped mm-hmm. and it's eight thousand degrees humidity at southwick and i'm pushing the bike off <laughs> and i feel terrible like all three of us have had things like that happen you just feel it's not really my yeah. fault but yet it is your fault and you're pushing your bike off and i swear rich at that time i'm like i gotta get out of this like i i i can't deal with this anxiety and feeling like this and the ups and the downs um and I almost think that that day at Southwick was the final straw. Rich, was there one for you? Like Tampa Cole got hurt, or was there? Like, did you? When did you think you were going to be done? And when did this opportunity? Did did this opportunity make you 
uh, figure you were done or were you already looking and this opportunity came up? Um, yeah, I mean, there was a point, and and uh, I think I talked to you about this before. Is when I went to uh, Donations with Cole mm-hmm. um, before we even had. I mean, it was one of the worst races I've ever been involved. <laughs> it was with, not. You know? It was not good. No. <laughs> so, but before we had any issues um, on qualifying day, you know, it didn't go bad. He rode well, but I was washing my bike in those great wash areas that that you have to use. Love those things. And just standing water and mud and. I just thinking to myself, this is supposed to be the highlight of my career is this race. And I found myself thinking like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing playing in the mud, washing a motorcycle? I'm 35 years old. Like, is this what I'm going to do the rest of my life? So that was kind of the beginning um, thought for me of like, I really need to make it happen or I'm going to be 50 and still doing it and thinking the same thing. So um and then yeah when cole got hurt at tampa um you know sitting at the hospital for for two days and and seeing him go through that which i've seen him go through it before um Mm -hmm. in 2012 when he did his kidney and all that stuff so it just makes it tough when when those guys are become your friend um and whether that's brayton or cole or christian or whoever it is Yeah. yeah um it just gets to a point that yeah i don't I don't enjoy that side right. of it anymore. Which um, I mean, this is this is before the two shock failures, Rich. So if you're already yeah. thinking that, yeah. if you're yeah. already and, thinking and honestly, that, after the two shock failures, I wasn't even thinking about whether I was going to do it anymore or not. I was just thinking like, where the hell is like for one? Where's Cole? Hopefully he's <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> he's not putting the big toe in the trigger right now. But that was none of his fault. I mean, yeah. it was. I mean, it was a freak thing. Um, we did the best we could going into yeah. the second race, but I knew it was going to happen again, unfortunately, yeah. um, which is a horrible feeling as well. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, before you're having the worst race of your life and you already have that thought in your mind, yeah. Yeah. to me that that was just like you hey. got to start looking. And, um, yeah, I mean, even Brayton stays with me when he comes out here. And, uh-huh. and um, what was that, the first Triple Crown last year with Cole – he did well. He did. I think he went first and second in the first two, and then ended up third overall or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But I told Justin that night. I said, "Man, it was exciting. It was fun." Yep. But I could have walked away right then and been okay with it. Yeah. Well. And that's that's when you really start to know, yep. like, you got to start start looking and and kind of looking out for yourself. And, and um, Rich, I mean, the Dis Nations as a member of Team USA, I did it one year. I mean, that should be the highlight of a mechanic's life and instead you're in a wash bay going this isn't that great kind of kind of kind of over this you know what i mean um yeah uh what about you patty was there a moment was there a time was there an incident where you're like all right i'm done you know to be honest with you it was um I'd say 2012 uh, when Stuart was on the team. You know, that's <laughs> when you're, you're renting. <laughs> I know that sounds bad. Stu drove him into retirement. <laughs> uh, it was it was one of those things where you know you've got the guy and you're like you know going into the season testing. You're like this is an opportunity of a lifetime. It comes around. Yeah, so it doesn't come to everyone to work for a guy like that. I mean, so talented. You know, just watching him ride at the test track is just you're in awe a little bit. And it was, you know, I felt like, like, this is my chance. This is my opportunity. You know, let's, I hope you go after a championship. You know, this is the guy. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and as 
the world knows it it didn't go that way i mean it started it started uh started a little rough and uh he was able to recover a little bit from you know podium and then we won oakland and then one daytona and then after you know he overjumped a step on at i think it was dallas or houston houston it uh it's houston yeah he um I, right then and there you know walking back with him to the truck it was kind of one of those moments i was the same way i was like he, he looked at me in the tunnel and basically said i'm done yeah uh and at that point you know your heart just kind of drops because you're like man that that was like my once in a lifetime opportunity yeah and you know and, and the guy's done and uh he's got his own issues with whether it was a team bike whatever it yeah. is and you know there's nothing you can do about it so and after he left i went through a, a summer you know i worked with a couple guys feeling guys regal and stuff and it didn't mm-hmm. go well either yeah. and at the end of that year yeah. i was really to that point where i was like what a, same thing what am i doing like was it I'm, was the workload amazingly hard because of Stu and doing all that too compared to other guys uh you know and there's a lot of pressure that goes with it and a lot of um, a lot of team input you know, some guys you get, the team kind of leaves you, you know, they leave you alone, you do your thing, you go to the test track. Everybody's so focused on it, though. You know, when you get a lead guy on your team, they get so focused and so uh, so much pressure, so much energy from the team goes into him. So there's more of that going on. But Stu himself, I mean, James wasn't really that bad to work for. Everybody thinks, you know, he's, you know, it was terrible to work for, super picky or anything. He's actually not. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's more picky on obviously suspension side a lot of guys are uh he's more picky there but his setup and everything yeah. as far as setting up a bike you know from controls and everything week to week uh, the guy basically showed up and, and rode it how i had it set right uh so whether wow. that was the reason or for his results i don't know but yeah uh, it was uh, <laughs> interesting no, <laughs> interesting though like richard motocross the nations which is you know the pinnacle mm-hmm. of being a mechanic and patty you're working for James Stewart, the fastest guy, the high, most high-profile guy. All the eyes are on you guys, and and at some point when it's not going well, you're like, "This is I'm also out." Like it's almost like you've reached this. You two guys reached a different summit, you know. Uh, no titles yeah. or championships, but at a, at some point in the summit, you guys are like, I- "I'm done. Um, this is it." Right. So it, it it's interesting. Um, that way, I like how we both laughed too, Rich, when Patty said that Stu, <laughs> he was working for Stu, and it drove him. I mean, he might be onto something there. So. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's 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 amazing that that you know that that was a moment, and mine was a bike yeah. failure, and and I just you know I couldn't deal with the anxiety, I guess, of trying to you know is my guy good? Is everything good? Did I check everything and all of that? I had very few DNFs in my time that were my fault over the years but i had a few and, and you just you just you feel horrible right it's just one of those things yeah um yeah yeah it's the worst feeling in the world when you're you know watching your you feel like all eyes are on you yeah. and your bike's getting pushed off the track it's and, it's and also patty uh you talk about working for regal wasn't that that at intermission where coy said you know what we're just done here kyle we're all yeah, done that, that was washugal that was <laughs> right, actually <laughs> right, right. <laughs> another another point to 2012 that yeah. was actually Washugal, and that was in between motos. Right. So he pulled, Regal pulled off early. Yeah, uh, I like Kyle. He's a good guy. We got along well. He pulls off early, and 
I put on the stand. I'm starting to prep it for second moto, and Coy just walks up to me and said, we're done. Pack it up. We're done. Put it in the truck. <laughs> he said, don't touch it. He said, I don't want you to wash it. Don't touch it. Put it in the truck. Oh, and that's, that's exactly what we did. We packed it up, and as I think everybody saw that day, we were rolling out of there before second moto. Yeah, it was, it was pretty <laughs> I remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rich, for you, factory Honda, I mean, it's what everybody kind of aspires to. I was at Yamaha, and, and uh, Patty, you were at JGR, and certainly great jobs and great teams and everything, but factory Honda mm-hmm. was – is you know I think still a pinnacle for a lot of people in the sport, and there's certainly the coolest things going on at Honda. Um, but did you find Rich and and like it? Did you find? I had somebody tell me that was at Honda. They said, mm-hmm. you know what, we have the same problems that we that we've had over at other teams, you know, and meaning it's nothing like this Shangri La of of of. It's just a building with people who work hard and try their best and everything right. else. Uh, and for you, Rich, at, at I mean, once you got over the fact that you're working at Factory Honda, I guess it just ends up being just another job, right? Yeah, I mean, definitely there's there's more resources and um, stuff like that. I mean, there's so many more people involved in the process um, on a team like that, which you know, same thing at Yamaha. The Japanese come over, you do a bunch of testing, and there's all that stuff happening. But at the end of the day, it's still another race team. Everybody's got to do their job Mm -hmm. do their part hopefully get along um but yeah i don't think you know it's kind of the grass is greener on the other side any team you go to or any job you go to i feel Mm -hmm. like you're gonna you're gonna run into those issues um not everybody's gonna get along hopefully they all respect each other but Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it was honestly i mean it's for me troy lee was the best team i ever, ever was on as far as having a good time Right. Um, yeah, that's not a surprise. It, it was, that's not a surprise, Rich. Yeah, I mean, but it was a it was a good group of guys. Yeah. Like we all worked we all worked hard mm-hmm. to get the job done. Um, we hung out, had a good time. I think everybody knows that. Um, so, but going to Honda, I still had a good time, but it was more business, yeah, um, in a sense. And then you're doing 450, so you're traveling a lot more. Um, and then for me, like driving to Torrance was just miserable. Um, you're sitting on the 405 for an hour and a half, already thinking about your drive going home. So yeah, um, that kind of, you know, maybe if I lived in Torrance and didn't have to drive to the test track and stuff, it would have been more enjoyable for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, I, you know, I think I'm thankful to those guys to give me the opportunity for the four years I was there. Um, but it's, I think everybody's come a long ways um, these mm-hmm. days. You know, KTM Husky. Cowie, all those teams, yeah. um, they're all good. They're all good to work for. They're all good people. Um, you know, it's not like we're riding works motorcycles anymore where you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And and that's where I think the factory teams really came into play at that point. Yeah, back um, back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's when Honda was Honda. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So no knock to them. Yeah. They're a great team. They're great people. Of course. Um, but every team is going to have their ups and downs and – you know, it was, it did turn into that for a little bit. It was just a job. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's when, I mean, I don't know, you got to start looking for your exit strategy and, you know, right. Thankfully uh, enough, I, I had these guys in Charlotte, you know, you know what I think is, me. you know what I think is funny is that, so you work for Sealy, Rich, uh, Patty, yeah. you work for Pike, Brayton, Stu, who else am I? I mean, I'm not one off guys, but main guys. 
Who am I missing? Uh, well, I was Brayton a couple times. So yeah. Brayton, yeah. you know, I was with Brayton. He went to Honda, came back. Uh, so I was Brayton a couple times, and then Stu in between, and mm-hmm. then Pike at the end. Right. So I had, you know, two, you know, basically yeah. four years, four year stint with Brayton there. So it took up a, um, four of my eight years right. over there. And, and um, my my point was was, and I worked for Red Dog for four and a half, and and Nick Way, and uh, some other guys. But my point was is all of us had I think what we would consider good guys as riders like nice guys guys we became friends with like Mm -hmm. like the job was hard enough can you imagine Patrick I'll start with you can you imagine the job if you didn't like your guy like oh my god oh yeah Uh, you you know the job like I said job's hard enough you're putting in a ton of hours uh, from testing to going to the track practice going with the guy every day you're riding with the car you know in the car or truck box van whatever to the test track with the guy mm-hmm. i mean you are spending countless hours with the guy all the time every day you know there's some cases where they live on you know west coast or for yeah. us we're at jgr uh, but you're spending a lot of time with this guy and if you know if it's somebody you can't get along with i mean you're gonna have times where you're frustrated each other because yeah you're literally around these people more than you're around your own family you know so it's it's you're going to have times where you're frustrated, but if you you know honestly just didn't get along with the guy and you couldn't yeah. work with him, that that would be the worst. I, I, it, I had one guy, yeah, I had one guy that I just knew was doing nothing during the week, like just nothing, <laughs> and he was showing it on the weekends, and I and I wasn't getting along with him that well, and dude, I hated it. You know what I mean? I just couldn't stand the guy at one point, like, and I'm sure he probably couldn't stand me, but you you know, but so just to say like. And Rich, you know, I mean, Seeley's one of the, the laid back, nicest dudes out there. As yeah. you know, like like we, our guys, for the most part, were all great guys to work for, and you really did want to put in, you know, fourteen hour days for them. Yeah, and that was tough. Oh, yeah. I mean, for me at first, actually going to work for Cole was I had, I worked for Brayton for two years, and he was he still is probably the hardest working guy I've ever been around. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, and I mean. He he works hard because you know. Unfortunately, we've noticed the more laid back guys, the guys with a natural talent, right? Yeah. I mean, they don't they don't have to. Um, not saying they don't work hard, but you know, JB doesn't have all that natural talent. He's got a lot of talent, as we know, but he worked really hard to get to where he's at. So, going to work for Cole, and I don't know if you you know this when I say like the eight oh five mentality, like Lars, and they're all laid back. Yeah. From that area, you know, so. It's not that Cole doesn't work hard, and people tend to say that, but it's just his attitude. You know, it's kind of laid back, and it helped me actually um, yeah. after a few, you know, few years. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was tough because I'm like, "Are you doing the work?" You know? <laughs> yeah. But he's like, "Yeah, I'm doing yeah. it," and I'm like, "I don't, I don't know." We're great, and you're like, "You're doing too much, man." Right. Like you right. Yeah. It down. Did you find yeah, that too working for Brayton, Patty? Oh yeah, there's you know, from what I can see, there's not a harder working guy out there. And like Rich said, I think you know Brayton has done a good job in his career from the standpoint of you know, like Rich said, not having the most natural talent, but the guy works so hard at it. I mean, he is he's so structured from his whole day, the what we do at practice when we go to test track together, uh, from testing to you know things that work on the weekend. I mean, he comes in, he would come in sometimes with literally a written list of things that didn't work on the weekend and stuff to talk about. And he, right. when he's not on the bike or at the shop or anything, he's thinking about ways to get better. And, mm-hmm. and that's impressive because, you know, like I said, we're putting in a ton of hours, a ton of hours as a mechanic and, 
you're going to the track doing everything, traveling, you know, mm-hmm. you're putting in all that time. You want to see that your guy's doing the same because it's going to really piss you off if you go to the track yeah. and the guy's, you know, tired halfway through the moto, whatever it is. But that's never the case with Brayton. He was, yeah. uh, he always worked hard and you knew it. And you know what? Uh, he expected hard work from you yeah. in return, and that was fine because you have a good mutual working relationship. Yeah, you know what's funny is Brayton didn't have a great time at, at the uh, BTO KTM team. You know, he just didn't gel with those guys. And yeah. I don't think they were fans of him. I don't think he was fans of them. And it just goes to show you sort of the atmosphere around somebody uh, makes all the difference in the world, you know, personalities. And, and, and Brayton was the same guy. It just didn't work out, yeah. you know, Rich? Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I, I don't know the ins and outs of what yeah. was going on on that team. I mean, he had some good results there, I think. Um, yeah, it's decent. In, yeah. in, um but yeah, that's like Patty said. He expects just as much work out of you as, as he's putting it in, mm-hmm. and I did that. I think Patty did that, um, and I don't know what happened over there. I mean, obviously, I think Duff did a good job because he went with Justin when he left. But yeah, he expects it out of the whole team. Yeah, I and mean, that's whether it's a truck driver, the, the team manager, mm-hmm. or whoever it is. Um, so, and that just goes back to you know every team's got their issues, right? Right. And, um, you know, like Troy Lee, that's why guys like Cole and Christian and, and guys were successful there. And um, Shane, even now, you know, yeah, Shane, Shane now, yeah, those guys, yeah. You know, they're just, it's a good atmosphere for them. So I, I think that goes a long ways um, in those types of situations. But if you're, the thing that sucks about being a mechanic, like you were saying, you're still putting in the same amount of work. Mm-hmm. And if your rider's not, he fades in the race and does horrible. You still gotta get up the next morning and rebuild that thing in a parking lot. Yeah, yep. You know, and he's catching a flight home to go do whatever he's not doing. Do, do, do so. something that <laughs> hanging out during the yeah. week or whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I, this this goes without saying, I think. But I mean, I remember there were times that my rider was doing well, either winning a race or, or, or battling for the podium or whatever, and I would literally in the mechanics area get goosebumps. Did you guys, Rich? Did you ever get that feeling? Did you, did you ever get that? Um, no, no. Okay, so that, that, I, I, I do. I, mean, I, yeah. I, I, I don't get very nervous um, in the mechanics area or on the line. Um, when Cole filled in at, at Factory Honda in 2012 and was leading Atlanta oh. for half the race, mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever been more nervous than that yeah, yeah. in the stands. Right, right. So <laughs> it was like a completely different situation. You're yeah. watching everything. Um, you have no control. Not that we have control in the mechanics area, but yeah, you know that's that's where I find myself nervous. Or I'm watching Justin um, when he won Daytona. I was at, with Cole in Claremont. Um, we were watching on the computer, and it was I was more nervous then than I am watching. You know, being yeah. in the mechanics area, right? It's just different for me. Yeah, I, I I was just I got goosebumps of like excitement of like thrills. Like I can't believe. That my guy, whoever my guy is, is doing this. Uh, what about you, Patty? Did you ever have moments of that where on the Saturday night, like you talked about under the lights, where that was just an adrenaline rush like no other? Oh, yeah. I mean, I would get it just, you know, from the guys, you know, you put in you put in the work, you go to the race, and then you'll have days where it just clicks. They're mm-hmm. fast in practice. They win their heat race. Everything's going smooth. And it, it's just one of those days where you can feel it, and then you get to the race and, you know, they get a good start. They're up front. They're podium position or battling for the win. 
And absolutely, man, yeah. like I'd be drenched with sweat just like they are before the end of the race. I was so nervous. I yeah. Mean, and there was a couple races specifically. Um, it's weirdly it's Phoenix both times. Uh, Brayton, uh, when he came back to work uh, work with us in fourteen, and he led every lap but the last lap. Yeah. At Phoenix, uh, Villapoto got him on the last lap, but that was like you know, that moment where I was like, all right, he's finally going to do it. You know, mm-hmm. the work's paid off. He, he rode well all day. He's led the whole thing and we've got it. And he, Bill Poto just got it right there at the end. But regardless, it was a great night. And it was one of those things where he, he gave me chills the whole race, you know, just from that. And same with Pike. It was at Phoenix as well. We worked together and he rode well all day. He was third fastest in practice. He got great start and, he led for a little while, uh, battled with Dungey and the guys, and they they passed him. He was in third with, like, two laps to go, and that's when he cased the triple on the backside of the track and broke the edge of his foot. Um, but it was it was one of those things. He didn't end up getting the podium. He got fourth. He limped it mm-hmm. home in the fourth. But it was one of those things that just gave you chills to see your hard work and the guy do it and just everything start to pay off at that point. I just – Yeah. Know, yeah. It's, it's a cool feeling. Um. It is, it is, it is, and, and and if you could somehow just go to the line with your rider on Saturday night, and and then that would be the whole job. That'd be awesome. But there's much, much, yeah. much more stuff <laughs> yeah. involved. Um, for me, at times, we did our motors at Yamaha. We did our tires. You know, I did my motors as a privateer mechanic at KTM. Uh, KTM actually, we didn't do our motors very much. The job got a little monotonous, a little boring for me. Like, okay, build this four-stroke motor, go dyno it take it back out, you know, ready to go, ready to ship back to the race. Uh, I found it got boring, and I was trying to challenge myself. Uh, Yamaha was really cool where they would let us run the mill or the lathe, and Gothic would or Gothic J would teach me a little bit. He's good with it. Mm-hmm. Um, did you find, Rich, that it got a little boring at times? Um, yeah, I mean, that's where, like, being on the road for, you know, all the Supercross and in the outdoors and you're doing the build every Sunday in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. you're washing the bike and tearing it apart and putting it back together. That part for me is like, I enjoy the road builds, but after a while, yeah, it's just kind of like you're, you're taking apart your Lego set and putting it back together. And, and that's really it. But mm-hmm. I, my, my way of keeping myself, um, what do I want to say? Like busy and trying to work at different things. I worked with Cole, um, and even Christian a little bit, um, with the writing stuff. Um, last year I'd write, I wrote the writing schedules and help them at the track. I enjoyed going to the test track, working on stuff with them. Um, where Cole, I mean, they don't need a riding coach. They know how to ride. It's more just, you know, yeah. you're, you're maybe you're floating that section over there. Let's work on that type of thing. So I enjoyed that side of it, working with Cole and Christian on that side and trying to help them with their mental stuff too. Um, so for me, that's what I did um, to keep myself from feeling like it was just the same thing day in and day out. Um, right. In which, I mean, that kind of wore on me a little bit too because then I felt like I was even more invested. Um, mm-hmm. So then when the results weren't there, then you were maybe a little bit more bummed than I, I should have been. But Right. Um, yeah, it definitely, I mean, yeah, we got suspension guys and engine guys and, yeah, you know, so... Uh, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, what about you, Patty? Did, did it get a little boring sometimes where you were trying to challenge yourself? Yeah, I, I think so. You know, it was 
one of those things where Rich is right. You know, you're you're building. You know, after the race, a lot of times we flew home and built. You know, we flew in early to the next one. We built on that rotation. But you're you're taking it apart, cleaning it, put it back together, inspecting everything. Uh, that part does. It gets really monotonous. You know, even from the the whole season can get to that point. You know, over at JGR, we're the same way. We have you know engine guys, suspension guys. Uh, we had Spencer there that did a lot of our engineering and, and things. So we had a lot of guys, you know, doing different jobs. Um, so it kind of left the mechanics to just be kind of chassis guys and just rebuilding, yeah. you know, practice bikes, test bikes, race bikes. And that's all you're doing. And we were a small, we were a smaller group over there for a long time. And most of the guys that worked in the shop were going on the road too. So we had, you know, we didn't have parts guys and things. So we did things like that and you find different things to make the shop better. You know, you improve that or you can, uh, like Rich said, you get a guy that, you go to the track with and you worked on things with Weston was like that when he was out, uh, on the East coast, uh, we would go and work, you know, we work with Buddy Anson as his riding coach yeah. at JJ now, uh, working some programs and, you know, at the track and you really see the progress that part keeps you kind of keeps you going. Uh, but definitely it gets monotonous, just, you yeah. know, race bike, practice bike, test bike, just build, yeah. build, build. And, and it, it does. For is, sure. it, is it safe to say guys, the worst, Okay, the two worst things about the mechanic job. Uh, one, the tent set up and tear down. Or, <laughs> yeah. or two, the Sunday morning build after a national. Uh, Sunday morning, 7 a.m. for, for breakfast, uh, 8 a.m. build. Uh, Rich, which one of those two were the worst? Or am I missing something? Um, <clears throat> now, you're probably not going to believe me when I say this. Okay. But <laughs> I, I kind of enjoy the set up and tear down. What? Um. Now, if you ask the guys that I worked with, they're going to say I was a huge dick usually at that time. <laughs> but like, I don't mind hard labor like that, especially when it's really hot. I don't know why. Okay. I just kind of enjoy it. Maybe I enjoy watching the other people suffer a little bit more than me. But okay. I just the part that frustrates me is nobody else wants to do it. You know. So then you're right. You're just struggling yeah. to get the thing torn down and. I will say I'll say I'll say teardown because when you go to Anaheim one, you have so much help, but nobody knows what they're doing. <laughs> so everything is getting put away wrong. Everything is getting probably broken or ripped, or uh-huh. and then the next race it's all in the wrong place, and then you're pissed off and you're like, oh, what the hell? But you still don't get out of the Anaheim one until <laughs> one in the morning. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I will say that particular race teardown is horrendous. All right, uh, Patty. What do you think? Did I did I did I miss it, or did I get it with one of those? No, I think you you pretty much nailed it with that. I mean, they're both that that probably is the toughest two things, uh, or the things you you dread the most. Because me, you know, at the end of the night, you know, you worked all day. Um, you know, as far as a race day, you've done everything. Practice. You're prepping it in between everything. If it's a, especially if it's a mud race or something, you're working your butt off. You know, washing, getting everything ready to go. You're getting some help from your team, but there's also the things where, you know, especially where bikes are now, you've got guys in the truck that are running, you know, they're looking at data. Johnny, you know, when I work with Johnny over there at JGR, he's in there uh, working on something, trying to make the suspension better for the day or, or possibly looking into something for the rider to take home with them to test if they live on the West Coast. And, you know, you feel like you're you're almost doing it a little bit on your own at that point. Uh, all day and then you get to the end and you're like we got to tear down and then you 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 take everything you know we would tear our bikes apart we tear our bikes apart put them in a bag 
take everything home as much as you can. I would prep it all during the week and bring it back with me because we built on the opposite rotation, so we didn't really do the the day after builds much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that kind of made that less. But yeah, tearing down the tent at the end of the night for me was always tough. And in the yard, we had the guys. We you know we would build on the front side of the weekend every time. So we'd fly in you know on a Wednesday, get there, build till. 11, 12 o'clock at night, get up, go to the track, uh, set up. It would be usually set up when when Alex was there. It was me and Alex and Tim Dixon. Or if it was uh, when Big John and Ben were there, it was us three. Usually we'd have most of the tents set up before the other guys even landed flying into the race. So it was like the three of us every weekend. I was like, God, this sucks. You know, it's just <laughs> three of us trying to put this big ass tent up. Well, the, the tent teardown, wherever where somebody has to go get results or somebody has to go for impound or whatever and you're always like all right whatever guy whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh that's my, funny. my thing was is like if you're an impound i don't know like if oscar's an impound and i was back at the truck let's have the sink torn down before he gets back so yeah you know it's yeah. kind of like sure. a little something for him so he doesn't have to deal with it yeah know? yeah no um, I, I i got back from impound a few times and everyone was waiting on me i, I got pissed like i'm just like really guys like just everybody yeah. kind of wait until one guy gets back. Like, come on. Um, yeah. It, it's something – it's a job that most fans would absolutely uh, kill for. And, and they've told us, all three of us, that over the years. Like, man, you got the best job in the world and everything like that. But, I mean, take – Rich, I'll start with you. Like, take somebody through, like, a weekly work schedule for you and how many hours you think you're putting in. Um. Well, if we if we're racing um, on the East Coast, you your week kind of starts on Tuesday. Um, so I'd go to the track on Tuesday with Cole. Um, hopefully, if when you know my bike is either it's prepped or I have to do it mm-hmm. Monday night when I get home. But you go to the track Tuesday. Um, if he's riding Wednesday, you still go to the track Wednesday, um, and then. Wednesday is hopefully your day off because then you're going to travel. For me, I would travel Thursday, fly to the race, um, get in, get up my Friday morning, go to the track, set up, do your work there, tech the bike, that whole process. Saturday you're racing until, you know, Supercross. You're not back to the hotel until 1 in the morning. Um, get up at 6 in the morning to go build your bike in the parking lot on Sunday. And then uh, – Monday morning, you're flying out and yep. start your whole routine all over again. Yeah. And hours-wise, man, to be honest with you, I made that mistake when I worked um, <laughs> at MDK for Brayton. Yeah. I figured out how many hours I worked that week and then, you know, figured out what I'd be getting paid hourly. And it was like... <laughs> it's I think a really it bad like, idea. <laughs> it, was two, two dollars, it was like $2.20 an hour. Yeah. And I was like, I'll never do that again. Yeah. Yep. And since that day, I, I honestly, I, I have right. no idea how many hours I work. Yep. But it's, and this it's is not every week. It's probably cl- yep. it's closer to 80 than it is 40. I can tell you that. I, I kept track a few times that the builds before Glen Helen, the first national after Vegas, and the builds of the test bike, and I think there was uh, 65, 70 hours a week for a couple of weeks. You know, yeah. no, no joke. Um, that sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Race tech suspension and engines, people. Pulpamex 18 is the code to save. 
Breaking through the limitations of OEM designs, Racetech specializing in high-performance suspension, parts, service, and setups, modifying stock suspension components to perform at the highest level. Discover why more top privateers trust Racetech, guys like the HEP Suzuki team, and many more in the pits use Racetech for their suspension and engines mods. Pulpomex18, you can save using the code. Please check them out, Racetech.com. Do it. Maxxis Tires. From your bike to your truck and almost everything with wheels in between, Maxxis Tires will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating your competition. One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter what the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, just ask the king, Jeremy McGrath. What about you, Patty? Similar schedule, I imagine, right? Yeah, just the exact same schedule, really. Um, you know, like you said, you're flying. You know, we started at JGR, like so. We always build on the front side, so we, especially the West Coast swings, always tough for us. Uh, just like the East Coast is tough for the other guys. But you know, fly out to race, um, get out there. We would tear the bike apart from the last race mm-hmm. and bring what we have. Uh, go ahead and get everything rebuilt. You're staying up till you, you get up in Charlotte. You're on East Coast time, and you fly to you know California. You leave here. You know me and Ben would meet at the airport at 4 a.m. and fly to California, get a rental car, go to wherever we're building at because we didn't really have a place out there. Sometimes we build at Yamaha or other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we go out. We're building till midnight. So you've really got almost a 22-hour. Yep. You know, swing sometimes between by the time you're waking up early to get to your flight and everything that you're working in that day. Um, I remember one day I counted, it was like a 22 hour work day. Yeah. And, um, you know, from start to finish, and you've got that. Then, like you said, you're going to the track, setting up the tent, sound, tech, uh, prepping everything. I was always really big on prepping everything on Friday from to the smallest detail for the day. Um, so getting everything prepped up. And then Saturday race day, especially Supercross, you're, you know, 1 o'clock in the morning, like you said, before you get back. And uh, for us, we would, you know, get up, you know, 4 or 5 a.m., fly back home. And then when you're on West Coast, you're losing most of your day when you get home. So you get home at like 6, you know, yeah. 4, 5, 6, somewhere in there, depending on your flight. Mm-hmm. And then, then your week kind of starts all over. I remember one week when I, when I worked for Stewart, after I think it was the second Anaheim, um, we flew home, flew back to Charlotte. I landed at four, like four thirty. Still remember everything about this day is long day. <laughs> and it was a really long day. I got home and I got home barely. Like took my stuff out of my bag, threw it in the laundry, just kind of chilling out for a second. And I think at like seven o'clock, J Bone calls me and says, "Hey, we had rough weekend." James doesn't feel like the bike is where it needs to be. He wants to test. He's going home to Florida. Uh, you need to be at the shop with your bags packed. Grab, you know, let's grab triple clamps races. Let's do, you know, grab some chassis parts to go testing with. Me and you are driving down, and we're leaving at midnight tonight. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I literally, I literally got home at, at you know, six. 5 o'clock yeah, and had yeah. repacked. And go down to test. We drove from midnight down to Haines City, you know, almost nine hour drive from from where we're at here, and we tested all day till five o'clock. Loaded up everything, got in the truck, and drove back to Charlotte all in the same day. So 
Wow. I think Dave was a little delirious. He's kind of talking in his sleep a little bit at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was rough. <laughs> uh, Patty, what's the number one thing Rich is going to be – I mean, I guess it's obvious uh, he's going to have a normal life. Is that what you would tell Rich, what he's going to look forward to now? Oh, yeah, man. Like, you're, the first couple weekends, you'll honestly – you won't know what to do. You know, I, I, <laughs> I, I have people I haven't, I haven't talked to or hung out with in a long time or, you know, people you don't see or family or anything like that. And I, I told someone, I said, I literally don't know what to do on the weekends. Uh, <laughs> it was, I, I had no idea. So what do people do? Like, where do you go? Where do you hang out or, or whatever? And yeah. that was like a adjustment period for me. Do, but – do you, uh, do you, Patty, watch cool. every single race still, or do you miss some races and check them out later? No, I, I, I miss races. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, I probably watched – I did watch Daytona. Um, I did watch Daytona. I was actually standing, pacing in front of the TV the whole time for yeah. Brayton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I did watch that. I've watched a few here and there, but I don't watch them all. I'll, I'll record them, watch yeah. them later, or I'll just follow them, you know, right. social media, uh, see what's going on, but – I don't watch all of nationals. I don't think I watched anything Rich, this year. Rich, this is going to be your life. This will be your life, Rich. <laughs> I hope so. That's, that's the goal. I've, I already found out this summer when I had a couple of weekends off when, uh, well, Cole got hurt and then Christian got hurt. So yeah. then I was just like doing every other. And I was like, I don't even know what my hobbies are anymore. I don't have any. <laughs> like my hobby is going to the race. Like, I don't know what, what to do with do my do? hands. I don't know what to do. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> and I was so like bored. Go ahead, Patty. So. Yeah. It's exactly like that. You don't know what to do with your hands. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're so used to going and doing it for so long. And I, I mean, you, know, you're, you were making fun of me for it the other day when we talked on the phone, Matthew. Yeah. But I go out on lake all the time now. Yeah, you're a so. lake guy. You're a big boat oh, yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I had the same thing where uh, Red Dog got injured. He got injured a little bit in the last year and a half at Yamaha, and I remember they didn't take me to a race. And wife and I uh, went for a dinner and the movies, and I, and I was just like, "Holy shit, this is cool! Like this is like like real life stuff. Like this is fun. This is a fun night out right here." So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's that's. That's what you tell a fan who said, what are you guys doing? Why are you stopping this? All right? I mean, we just kind of encapsulated yeah. all of that, Rich. Yeah. I mean, and for me, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I've talked to – I talked to – I'm still friends with, you know, Keogh and Dan Bentley and all those guys. Yeah. And, you know, Dan walked away at one point and came back. So yep. even hey, I asked him, you know, what do you think? Or, you know, he's mm-hmm. he got to try it. Yeah. And maybe I'm gone for a year and I miss it and I want to come back. Um, maybe I love it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But well, if I, if I didn't try it, I would regret it. Well, you know, don't you guys think, and, and I've Berluti comes over here, obviously he was back for Brighton last year and now he's not doing it. So, but basically he's been only working one out of the last three years and all this. And goose hasn't been around that much, but Leroy is still go. I look at Leroy and goose and Berluti and I'm like, how in the fuck did you guys do it for this long? Who? Yeah, Dave Feeney. Yeah, Feeney. How did you guys do it this long, man? Uh, much props to those guys. Uh, I cannot oh, believe absolutely. they did it, and they're still doing it, man. I don't. I don't know how. I don't know how Goose does it. I mean, his feet, his ankles, his knees. I don't know how any of that stuff still works. Yeah, but he does it. Yeah, and it it's amazing. I mean, like, like Dave Feeney, I used to see him down there. He's got a big smile on his face. He's having a great time. And well. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't me. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was having a good time on on Saturdays. Yeah, most of the time, but 
you know, well, besides that, I was I was not. No, I, and none of us have championships, right? Did anybody win a championship on this line? No, no, no. Patty, you didn't. No. Um, but and, and you know what, though, Steve is like knowing like. Um, I'll give you an example. Like Eric Gass, he won that championship with Cooper Webb. Yeah. Um, and that was a big deal because he left Troy Lee the same year that I left Troy Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wins that championship with Cooper, and I'm excited for him. They won it at Houston. Cole had won. He won his race that night, a 450 race. Um, so that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were celebrating. The next day he called me, and we were talking. And uh, – he says, man, you know what's kind of weird? And I already knew. I said, <laughs> nobody cares anymore, do they? Yeah. And it's like, no. Like, it's cool the night that you win your championship. Yeah. After that, nobody cares. I mean, it's, yeah. it's on to the next one. I mean, it, it was crazy to me last year that Eli won the outdoor championship and nobody was talking about him going into Supercross, really. It right. It was more about Marv and, and Kenny and you no know, disrespect yeah. to those guys, but... I even told my girlfriend, I'm like, this is horrible. Like, the guys that just won a championship and they're not even thinking about them, really. I just think all of us have our heads down just grinding away. And you don't get to take a chance to poke your head up and look around. You know, yeah, I just. Especially yeah, Supercross. You win a Supercross championship, you're on to outdoors. And, right. You know? Right. I mean. Um, yeah. And, Patty, so. I mean, you won Daytona with Stu, which had to be yep. maybe the career highlight. That, that would be pretty cool to win Daytona Supercross. Yeah, Daytona was awesome. That was actually a cool race for us. I mean, the day started out nice before the the weather turned to shit, but yeah. it was uh it was super nice. Like good day again, one of those days where where it was clicking. And you know, I I even knew up front, you know, James talked to me during the week quite a bit and he told me he said, you know, I haven't been riding the bike. And I said, <laughs> what do you mean? Ride the bike? And he said, I you know, I haven't really been riding it to be honest with you. I've been I've been frustrated with the, you know, setup and everything. And I'm just kind of not really riding much during the week. <laughs> so we're going to Daytona. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to Daytona. The guy's not even riding. Yeah. So, but it's it's due, so I'm like, well, we should be good. Yeah. And he came out, and that's, we did the whole 259 thing in practice and everything. He was on it all day, and, and the weather changed, and nothing changed for him. I mean, he was still going. And yeah. uh, Davey, we had Davey on the team at the time, and they went 1-2. So that was probably the coolest race, uh, being able to go 1-2. And and do that and and be, just being Daytona is awesome. Yeah, uh, Oakland was really special because that was the first my first win. Um, so that was a uh, that was a cool one for me um, being with James and doing that. And that was the first time I had won. Uh, you know, got on the podium a few times here and there. Uh, but that was that was really special. But yeah, Daytona for sure is yeah. something. You know, um, holy grail. Were you guys uh, frustrated with some politics of the job once you got to the highest levels? Patty, you never had a lot of jobs in industry outside of JGR. Uh, Rich, you worked at a couple of teams. Well, NBK, too, like you said. I Mm -hmm. I found myself like, okay, like I was Tim Ferry's guy when we were privateers, and I knew him for a long time, and I got to Yamaha, and I all of a sudden felt like, man, Red Dog's got – Jim Perry and he's got Bob Oliver and Corey Hutter and he's got Jeff Spencer and he's got his wife and Tishner came around to teach him a little and I felt like I was being just you know just righty tighty lefty loosey guy which hurt my feelings a little bit but I got over it and then other times I felt like politics of the team came into play where I was now I'm getting paid by the team but I really want to tell the rider what's going on but I really don't because I'm getting paid by the team 
did either one of you have that kind of experience? Patrick, I'll start with you. Yeah, you know, I, I had that experience a little bit, um, you know, with, uh, I'd say actually my last season with, with Weston. Uh, Weston and I worked really well together. We clicked kind of instantly. Um, he usually just talks crap to me all day and right. responds that well for some reason. I don't know why. But, uh, so we uh, we got along really well, but, the, you know, we had Barsha that year. And the main focus, you know, he's a he's the lead guy on the team. The main focus was Barsha and and, you know, a lot of the team's energy, resources, everything went to, to Barsha on the team. Uh, you know, no disrespect to anybody on the team or Barsha. You know, he's that caliber of guy. He's a good rider. So, you know, he's deserving of it. But at the same time, like, Weston and I kind of felt a little left out, you know, that that year. Yeah. So, you know, and there's, you know, you ask for help or things. Well, I can't help you. i got to go to Florida and test with Barsha or whatever it may be. And, you know, so you kind of feel like you're a little on your own, um, on that aspect yep. when it was just him. So going to the first couple races and doing really well and, you know, your, your team and you, you want to be a team all the time. You work together for one common goal, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it is, it's you and your guy and, you know, you're yeah. versus everybody else. It's a team sport. Yeah. Um, you know, like Sabachi showed us recently, but, uh, it is a team sport, but it's, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, I was happy, you know, we went the first couple races, we did really well. Um, they put in work doing their thing. They didn't do as well as we did, and I was happy because I was like, you know, we haven't really had as much help, and, you know, we've done this, you know, I don't want to say on our own. The guys help, but, you know, you don't receive as much attention. And uh, for the guys, you kind of get a little butt hurt on on that end, like you're saying. Um, And even, like, and even back to Stuart, you know, he he has an entourage 24-7. So trying to talk to him or yeah. get anything right. on race day was really hard yeah. because you're in the motorhome, you've got everybody in there, you know, talking to him. He had different riding coaches at the time. He had Johnny O, a lot of guys telling him this, that. I've got guys coming out of his motorhome telling me the changes to make on the bike and I'm like, I haven't even talked to the guy yet. So I <laughs> yeah. need to talk, I need to get in there and talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's that yeah. Rich, did you find that? I mean obviously you had Roxanne on the team and Again, that's sort of the guy, right, for Honda. But any of that ring true for you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's when you have a guy like Kenny's caliber, um, I don't think anybody does it intentionally. But yep. there tends to be so much focus on that one guy because really the team needs the results or they're going to look bad, right? Because, you know, say Kenny won a championship, came to Honda. If you don't live up to those expectations, it's going to look bad for the team, I feel like, is is how most people look at it. So then – Everybody on the team is just kind of up his butt a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, it happens. And, yeah. and in turn, you know, like in and when he came to the team, you know, Dan and those guys actually said to me, "If that happens, please let us know because yeah. we don't want it to be that way." Yep. Um, so I did. I had to bring it up a little bit. Um, I think they've done a good job over the last couple of years of trying to make that better, but it still is what it is. Um, there's certain guys that that take a little bit more work or require more work Cole's that guy that like you said is he's really laid back um but when he needs the attention he needs it do you know what i'm saying and sometimes he didn't feel like it was there i didn't feel like it was there mm-hmm. which all you have to do is kind of bring it up yeah um but it is it's kind of the hierarchy as you were saying yeah it, ha- it, as ha- far as, it happened with chad too at yamaha you know yeah but with like the entourage thing it's I was pretty lucky with 
Brayton and then going to Cole, I was so involved in both of their programs that I had communication with them on race day um, about bike setup and mm-hmm. Cole trusted me. And, you know, somebody would ask him, like, what tire are you running? He's like, I have no idea. I just asked Rich. Like, <laughs> right. like he, he really, to this day, he probably still doesn't know what tire is on his bike. Yeah. You know, he just trusted me to, to make those decisions. That's so old that school. was nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as the politics go, I mean, it's like coming from Troy Lee to you just try whatever you got in the basket because you don't have much. Yeah. To go to Honda and it's like, hey, what about this or that? It could take a while to get it approved or, you know, it's got to go to Japan and, mm-hmm. and all that. So that part was hard for me um, and frustrating. I uh, just was like, well, why can't we just put these clamps in? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. Well, right. um, it's going to do this or that and this and like, yeah. Okay. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so. uh, you had that, that independence from, <clears throat> from, you know, Yamaha a little bit. And then there was a time period where Yamaha was a little more heavily involved and, and, and like Rich said, we just had the same influence. You know, you know, we fly out there. We've got you know this we want you to test, or this part, or this piece, and we're testing different things. And you know, the guy loves it. All right, great. We want to run it. Well, you can't run it yet because we don't have enough of it. Or yeah. you know, there was there, and it was in development and stuff. So you do like Rich said, you get the the hangups there a little bit. Not you know sometimes with politics, uh, but. You know, especially on our side, because we were a supported team, you get you do get that a little bit from the manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Uh, bonus money from riders. How were your guys? Did you ever talk to them beforehand? I never did. I I never really brought it up. I just let the guys do what they wanted to do. And truthfully, I thought Red Dog could have been better, but whatever. Uh, and Nick Way was fantastic um, with that kind of end of stuff. But uh, what about you, uh, Patty, for bonus money? Um. By far, best guy is Brayton uh, that I work with. Uh, Weston is a, a close second. Uh, Weston came, you know, didn't come from a lot coming to us. Was his first, you know, factory factory shot at it, and uh, so he hadn't really had that experience, that side of it. Uh, and I talked to him a couple times. We did some overseas things together, and and everything. And Weston was good. You know, he was at a point in his career where he was starting to make money and starting, you know, not to have to invest so much of his own money in things that. Uh, he was able to do it, and he was really good. But uh, Brayton really set the benchmark uh, for a lot of that stuff for me because mm-hmm. uh, never really discussed it with the guys. I, I I don't like doing that to this day, and I still don't like talking about money with them. And I, you know, Brayton, if he saw you were working hard, he made it worth your while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he appreciated it, like me and Rich talked about earlier. Brayton always he worked hard. He expected you to work equally as hard, and when it came time into the season or whatever point to show you that he did and, and he would make it worth your while for sure. Right. Uh, it was really cool to see that cause it was kind of out of nowhere. Um, you know, you don't never really discussed it with Brayton or anything. It just, it was a surprise. So it was, it was really cool and, and, you know, really appreciated. Um, cause like you said, the, the grind gets monotonous and yeah. you know, the things you're doing for the guy in that workload. So when you get something like that, it's, it's pretty cool. What about you, Rich? Um, I mean, yeah, Brayton was great. Um, same thing. We didn't really discuss anything. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a particular time, like I wanted to get a, a new TV and he's like, we went out to dinner and he's like, Hey, let's go to Best Buy. You want to get a new TV? Right. And I'm like, yeah. So we're looking at him and the one I wanted was, I don't know, it was like 1500 bucks or 
almost 2000 whatever. And he's like, oh, you like that one? I'm like, yeah. So I went and did some, and then he just bought it. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. So things like that, I mean, I really appreciated that kind of stuff. Um, and Cole, I mean, he's he was more than generous to me. Um, he paid me bonuses and maybe a little extra on top because my salary couldn't be where it needed to be for me to, to work um, at Honda. Mm-hmm. Um, to make that commute and all that stuff. Oh, so, is, that, is that kind of what like you guys worked out beforehand? You were just like, hey, like I don't, yeah, yeah like I can't do yeah. this. Yeah, I mean, and you know that's that's nothing against Honda again. Yeah, yeah. The way it is, I mean, you're living in California and commuting and going to the track and and all that stuff. So we had an agreement, and you know that was really hard for me to sit down and talk to him about. But he, um, you know, going to that level, you kind of you have to have an agreement if he it, i don't want him to pay me too much yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. which on his part um i, I wish i would have done i wish i would have done it with red dog to be honest i wish i would have sat down and said okay so hey what are we doing because at times yeah. i felt like i'm like really like again it's bonus money so you can't really complain but in my mind i was like dude you made a lot of money this year <laughs> Well, I, I told him like, don't pay me if you don't think I deserve yeah. it. You know what I mean? Or yeah. if you don't want to, I want you to, like, if you're going to give me a bonus, like I want you to give me a bonus, like, like yeah. Brayton did, you know, like yeah. he wanted to give me a bonus. Um, and, and Cole was good. I mean, when I first started working for him, he wasn't getting paid at all. Yeah. There was times we went to milestone and I had to pay his gate fee, <laughs> you know, in yeah. 2010. Um, and he tried to give me a hundred dollars cash here and there. And I'm like, no way. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and now he is where he is and he was able to give me bonuses. Mm -hmm. So he was more than generous to me. Like last year we went to Paris and we had first class tickets, lay down seats over there, stuff like that. I mean, he just, he treated me more than fair. Mm -hmm. Um, So I haven't, but I have seen on side of things where, and heard stories where guys win championships and they don't even see a bonus. Yeah. I have too. Yeah blows my mind it's just and then i've heard i've heard stories where trainers get bonuses but the mechanics don't i'm just like wow you know wow yeah and i've had that talk with cole as well like if i was going to work for him again this year i i wouldn't have wanted the bonus money that i was getting just because um you know it was like he had trainers he's riding in florida yeah he's got an agent he's paying all these guys money like at the end of the day, I mean, these guys are paying so many people. Yeah. They're not making as much as people think they are, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, taxes and they, everything, too. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. So, uh, Patty, you didn't mention Stu in that bonus talk. Well, you know, uh, we had – at JGR, it was kind of unique. Koi set up a, a bonus program in the beginning with the riders. When they signed their contract, there was a specific – program to where he you know, was like, all right, this is what's going to be allocated from, you know, sometimes – back when I paid heat bonuses from the manufacturer, heat race wins, whatever it was. This is how it's going to be. Mechanic gets a a higher percentage because he's with you all the time. And the rest of it's broken up amongst the team, which it's really cool. Yep. Um, It it worked that way. Um, When Stu came, he he told Coy he didn't want to do that. He wanted (laughs) to do it on his own. Um, and I actually haven't checked the mail today, but I have, still haven't seen my bonus. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I don't think it's going. Keep, keep checking, Patty. Yeah, yeah, I gave up on looking for it. Right. Um, but uh, but no, I was one of the things. He didn't. Uh, he didn't do anything. Um, but I don't know. I mean, whether he, that was yeah. his style because, or it was just that bad of a scenario that went wrong with that that whole deal. Well, yeah. That, didn't he ask you about going to Suzuki with him? 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, you know, he liked you enough to do that, ask you that. Yeah. It's a funny story maybe, about that. Maybe, is, maybe he liked you because he didn't have to pay you. <laughs> good point, Rich. Good <laughs> point. Right. I was cheap. He's like, this idiot works for free. It's great. <laughs> yeah. He's like, look at this guy. But it's actually funny. So we go, so Houston, after he crashes, I go back to the truck and everything and put the bike on the stand. I go in the motorhome and check on him because, you know, as everybody knows with his head injuries, you know, when he, he hit pretty hard a couple of times and he would just, he wouldn't even know who I was. You know, I remember riding on the back of the, mm-hmm. the Asterix cart through the tunnel in Indy when he crashed and he had no idea who any of us were. Yeah. Uh, but so I go to check on him in Houston and uh, I'm in the motorhome with him. And he said, he told me in Houston, he hadn't told the team or anybody. He right. said, I'm done. He said, so I'm done. And you're like, yeah, uh, yeah, I know. You're done for the night. I know you crashed. All right, you're done for the exactly. night. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I was like, yeah, I get it. You know, no, you know, I understand. He's like, no, I'm, I'm done. He's like, I'm going to call Javon Coy Monday. Um, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to go ride a Suzuki. Uh, he's like, I've talked to Webb, uh, Mike Webb a little bit. And uh, he's like, I've got one that he had one built at his house, just that he had had preseason. Stuff. Yeah. He'd been riding it. Yeah. He'd been riding it during the week and racing another bike on the weekend, which is just shows the guy's level of talent again. Yeah. But uh, so <clears throat> he asked me, he said, he said, do you have a contract? I said, no, we're employees at JGR. And he said, well, I want you to go with me. So I said, well, you know, when a guy like that asks you to do something, you, you know, to go with him, if you feel like he thinks that much of you, you have to consider it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm considering it, thinking that we talked back and forth a little bit about it. I'm actually at dinner in Seattle uh, a couple weekends later. I was Gavin Faith was filling in. I was working for him. I'm at dinner with Koi and J-Bone. And my phone rings, and it's sitting on the top of the table, and it's Mike Webb. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't answer it. And James texted me. He said, did he call you? I said, yes. I said, I'm actually at dinner with right now. I said, I can't answer. <laughs> yeah, can't take it. Can't take it. Oh. Yeah, I can't take that one. I was like, it can't have been any worse timing. I didn't always go to dinner with them either. I was like, that was just the worst possible scenario. But oh. um, we talked about it, and, and at the end, I, I had to tell him. I said, you know, I appreciate it, and I appreciate you thinking about me and what you know Suzuki was planning, to, you know, to offer me. But um, you know, I, I feel like Koi. I owed it to Koi. He gave me my first opportunity. Um, you know, I like the team. It's I'm local. It's where I live. And you know, as much as I'd like to go with you. Um, I'm I'm gonna stay put, and then he gets on a Suzuki and wins the first four motos. Yeah, I think. first yeah, first moto. And I'm just like, I was like, shit, I was like, that was a <laughs> terrible move. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, hey, one of the things I'm thankful for is I'm just look. I'm a kid from Canada. Richard from upstate New York, and Patty from North Carolina, and I am so stoked that my job being a mechanic. Talking about now, we talked about some of the shitty things the last little while here on the Fly mm-hmm. Racing Racer X podcast. One of the things I'm really thankful for is that I got to go to like a motor to Belgium to work for the Motocross Nations. I got to go to Bercy. I got to go to uh, Geneva with these racers over the years. I I never. I mean, I'm just like I said. I'm a kid from Canada who grew up reading the magazines, and without being, you know, um, weird about it, like I got to fulfill a dream of going to these overseas races with riders and seeing these places that I only read about in motocross action over the years. And so in a sense, Rich, that's, I'm really thankful. I got that part of the world. I got to travel the world a little bit. Yeah, no. And that's, that's really cool. And it's not even just the places you get to travel. It's the people that you meet, like mm-hmm. Eric Pennard, um, 
you know, he's got so much going on, but he's a, a great guy, as you know. If I called him right now, I feel like you pick up his phone. Mm-hmm. Um, so those types of experiences and contacts that you make over the years um, are great. I mean, I can't thank, you know, Justin and Cole enough for giving me those opportunities and Honda and everybody to yeah. see all that stuff. Um, before I had started this job, I had flown on an airplane twice. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, really. I, once yeah. I flew, I drove to Florida and flew home uh-huh. from my dad's, and then I flew to MMI to check it out. And then, besides that, I had never been on an airplane until I started racing. Um, so to see all that, I mean, the bummer is like when we went to the Nations last year, I didn't see anything. Yeah, just I seen the track and the hotel. And you saw your shock break. You saw your shock break twice. Unfortunately, yes. I tried to close my eyes. <laughs> no, I just no. Listen, that, that's just it's amazing that happened. I can't believe that happened, and it had to be so terrible to be rich and Cole and Honda and everyone. That just that's, I was I was more worried about Johnny, our suspension guy. Right, right. Was, he 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 disappeared for like an hour after the race. And I'm like, oh God. Um, like, and and Patty, for you, you and I, we were we hung out at Bercy a lot over the years, and and Pike calling you names and calling me names and everything else and oh, yeah. at that beers co uh eating pizza and having a couple beers and talking about you know laughing and joking like yeah you got to travel all over for this crazy sport yeah it, it's cool and like i'm you know like i said i'm a i was a kid from concord north carolina you know it's nascar country but there's not really any motocross teams grew up racing but they you know there's no unless you're moving to california there's no thought that i'd ever be on a, a professional team and uh, and then get the opportunity to go to, I mean, you know, Bercy, uh, G- uh, Genoa over in Italy, um, doing just, you know, Geneva several times. Like I said, you know, I know Eric Bernard as well, and he's a great guy and, and really takes care of all the guys when they go over there. And uh, we just, uh, we did an event in Bulgaria. Just you know, Oh, yeah, that's right. I went to Bulgaria too. Yeah, you know, places you never thought you would visit. <laughs> remember, uh, uh, we made fun of, remember that German rider made fun of Phil, and he just met Phil, and we were like, look at Phil, he doesn't even know you, and he's making fun of you. <laughs> uh, my, the funniest memory of, uh, of Bulgaria was probably Mike Brown uh, pitted next to us, and when Phil cut Mike Brown off on the start, and <laughs> Phil actually came back to the pits afterwards and apologized. He said, I'm really sorry, Mr. Brown, I cut you off, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, this is weird. This yeah. is going on. Right. Uh, Mathis, do, was, do you remember the year that we went, where I went with Nick Way and Patty stole uh, the 114, him and Justin? His first yeah. year on uh, oh, yeah. AGR. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, was a, I was a little upset. I was there with Nick looking across at Patty and JB. With the 114, mm-hmm. and then Justin won the overall. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Nick, uh, Nick and I brought some tires and, like, three rear sprockets, and I think I changed the sprockets every time he came off the track. Yeah, that was yeah, shocking. You, you, shocking. You were with us all weekend. Yeah, that's Probably not the Nick, Nick way I know, but, yeah. Nick goes, uh, <laughs> I don't know, Rich, what? what sprocket do you think we should go with? I said, how about the one that's on there so I don't have to change it again? 
<laughs> yeah, but, I do remember that. And yeah, Patty had the full factory bike and the whole deal going on over yeah, there. Yeah, in the in the bear claws every morning. Oh, and the bear claws were good. Oh yeah. They, well, it's, you know, it's kind of like a customer Euro thing. We went to European race with Mathis would be over there. Like, there's usually a rider that was can you know was wasn't convinced they were sold a sponsorship opportunity <laughs> to run a pulp sticker on their helmet. And all he did was buy coffee. It was the best it, sponsorship. Deal it was. It was really great. <laughs> no, I just uh, would work it. The overseas stuff, I took advantage of jet lag, and, and I was able to do that with most riders. Um, oh, yeah. It was, that's the fun part of it, though. Like, I love going to those races yeah. because it's fun. You know, it's a more relaxed vibe. Everybody in the pits, you know, especially the guys from the U.S., we're just hanging out, having fun. And, you know, guys are coming over that wouldn't normally, you know, you don't go yeah. to each other's at the race no you come over and you know sit with somebody in your little area with the bike rack piping that's blocking you off and everybody's just hanging out in the same area there's no yep you know no team no tent it's just it's kind of cool to go over there and that whole relaxed vibe i agree rich right i mean totally yeah yeah no that's some of the most fun races i've been to was uh was probably bercy um 08 09 or i guess it would have been 07 08 but uh, with Brayton, even with Nick, I had a good time with Nick. Just uh, changing sprockets, you know, yeah. Changing sprockets, and he had me put the the uh, stock ECU back on for one practice for some reason, and the thing was shooting flames out the back, and <laughs> he didn't know what was going on, and I'm like, dude. But it's still fun, you know. The the last night, you know how that goes. Yeah. The the party after the race, and I was yeah, just going to say that. I, I think Nick Wade, Every, everybody's just relaxed. and Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Patty. I said I was just about to say that when he rolled up the last night because that same year, just kind of memory there, I think we went out to like a smaller bar or somewhere out afterwards, and they all took us in the band like usual. And mm-hmm. I want to say Nick Way stole a gr- gorilla mask because it was Halloween. Yeah. Because he, he, he on the opening ceremony, and he stole it, and he had it on at the bar. <laughs> and he was running <laughs> With it. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and um, what, and I would think, that was the same time I walked outside, and Nick has the gorilla mask up over his head, and he's holding a cigarette. And I'm like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I'm like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm in France." <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, "Stop yep. it!" Like, "What are you? What's going on here?" Oh, it was good times. Oh, f- yeah, that was funny. Well, uh, Rich Simmons and Patrick Barker, thank you for doing this. Uh, really appreciate it. I just, yeah, I think it's interesting. I've been out of it longer than Patty. Patty, you've been out of it longer than Rich. Rich, you're just deciding to hang it up. I think for me, I always tell people the same thing. Like, I, it was time to quit. It was time to be done. It's an amazing workload and amazing stress. But on the other hand, I'm so happy to have done it. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Patty. That's how I think of it. Is that how you think of it? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, you know, I can't thank you know Coy, Javon, all the guys are there enough for giving me the opportunity. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. It was, you know, basically I spent my entire twenties and and doing it. It was the opportunity of a lifetime. And being a moto person growing up, it was the best thing you could ever hope for to be involved in it and work with the people that I did and. Uh, I actually met my wife through it, and she worked at KTM. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it's one of those things. It was great, but stepping away from it has been uh, has been equally great. You know, still yeah. love the sport, still you know like to watch it and everything. Uh, but stepping away from it has been uh, been nice to to step back and and watch it all go down and 
uh, watch it from your home on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, enjoy being a, a normal person. It's well, really cool. Well, I'm still there, but I'll tell you. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I, I'm. But I tell everybody like who says like what do you like? This is year 22 or something of me, and I'm always saying like, look, I did the hardest job there was. I came in on Wednesdays and Thursdays and then left on a Monday or whatever. Like this, what I do now, I fly in Friday night and I leave Sunday morning. Like this is easy. Right. And, and I think it comes from yeah. me knowing what it was like. So, uh, Rich, uh, again, like you're hanging it up, but you wouldn't trade it away for the, for anything. Right. No, I mean, even the opportunity that I'm going to go to now at 10 cycles, like I wouldn't have that opportunity if it wasn't for doing this job. Yeah. I wouldn't have met those people. Yep. Um, so yeah, those experiences going overseas and even tra- traveling around the United States, I mean, in meeting the people and the experience of, having that tough job and, and all that, no, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah. And like I said, I, I'm so new to it. Like who knows? I might come back. Um, <laughs> why don't I you, why it, don't you but... go to the test track and spend some 14 hour days out there changing parts in the dust and the sun? Hey, I went, I went this last Monday and hung out with Cole uh-huh. and he said, come out and hang out. And I said, all right. And I show up and it was a full test day. Geico, yeah. Honda guys, and I'm like, dude, I'm not supposed to be out here. I don't work here anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I, th- I thought you knew it was a test day. I'm like, what I know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was cool. I mean, I hung out, but it was that was the best part was I didn't have to do the work. I just got to watch Cole and, yep. and those guys ride. And, and it it made me feel good about my decision because, um, yeah. yeah, I didn't oh. want to be there until 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, and then so. driving back and washing the bike and doing the filter, changing the oil for the next day, you know, basically yeah, doing it all over again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, fantastic. Thanks to both of you guys uh, for, for the time. Congrats, Rich, on a great career. Patty, uh, you too, as well. Uh, some great wins for both you guys with your riders over the years. And I- I'm stoked we did this podcast, man. I think people really enjoy it and they'll hear, you know, three guys uh, who, you know, kind of did their time and but love it. Love every minute of it, but now we're happy and moving on. So uh, thanks again, Rich. Thanks again, Patrick. Uh, Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I 
love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you sit there if you didn't want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey, 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 hey,